Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. Hello, Hostel Homies. This episode is brought to you by The Hostel Group. Visit thehostelgroup.com and support hostels by booking direct. Hello, gang. How are we? I am in Alicante, Spain, and I'm coming to the end of this six-week Euro trip. It's been fantastic. Uh, my body is feeling it, though. My mind is feeling it. I've just been celebrating too much, drinking too much beer, having too many tasty snacks and treats along the way. So I think uh, <laughs> I think it'll be good for me to get back home to America. But enjoying this last week, nonetheless. This episode will mostly be about my time in Turkey because the last episode I really did not paint Istanbul in a great picture um, with my story about getting bamboozled. Um, basically just me falling into a tourist trap and being like a classic <laughs> American tourist. But I will say this, the rest of my time in Istanbul was absolutely fantastic. And I think the reason why I got uh, bamboozled, this is at least how I'm justifying it, is because I was staying in an Airbnb for the first couple days and I was lonely and I needed friends. And these guys seemed like good friends and they were, you know, just out to scam me. But I think if I was staying in a hostel the whole time, I wouldn't have fallen for it. I would have been with nice people or at least wouldn't have needed needed uh, <laughs> the human connection as much. So I blame I blame it on me not staying in a hostel. And when I eventually did make it to a hostel, it was Jumba Hostel, uh, right above the Karakoy region, which was amazing because you'd walk a little bit and you could take a ferry and within 20 minutes you were in Asia. Uh, and just to make that jump from Europe to Asia was really cool. And like to go there for dinner and then just go, okay, now I'm over Asia. I want to come back to Europe. I think it was a, it was like a nerdy dad thing that, uh, you know, that I actually got really excited about, uh, just taking the ferry to and from, I have to give a shout out because Jumba Hostel was fantastic and Pinar and her sisters who own the place, they're from Turkey. They know how to run a hostel correctly. They create an awesome atmosphere to meet people, and that I did. Amazing people from all over the world. One of them is a big reason why this episode even exists, because she actually introduced me to a ton of people down in Olympus, but we'll get to her later. This episode has a different format from the rest of the Hostel Homies episodes. It features multiple interviews from Hostel Homies that I met in Byram's Hostel in Olympus, Turkey. I recorded these conversations after we spent the whole day at Adresen Beach, before these new friends left for the airport. Khalil, I met my second night in Olympus. He grew up in Holland, he is incredibly inquisitive and interested in other cultures, and when he wasn't smiling or laughing, he was making the jokes himself. You, you grew up in Amsterdam? Yep. Uh, from a Turkish family? Yep. What are the, the contrasts in culture between, uh, 
between Dutch culture and Turkish culture? Uh, I think like Dutch culture is way more individualistic, whereas Turkish culture is more uh, family oriented. So you would just see like your Dutch friends would get more independent more quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I stayed home longer <laughs> than this. And uh, the food is so fucking good. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy. I Absolutely, grew up in a Dutch family. There would always be like food ready in our house. Uh-huh. Like even if there were like uninvited guests come in, there was mm-hmm. always food ready. And in Dutch families, that's not the case. They would always prepare some some meals exactly for the amount of people that are living there. <laughs> and even if you would come at a certain time to their house, you would ring the bell or something, you would literally they would just send you home. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, no, we're eating right now. Come back later. <laughs> but in, in our house, it was always like, oh, we're eating. Come in. Yes. Yeah, and join. Join, yeah. Join us. Oh, man. Uh, so as you're living in Istanbul now, yeah, since and five years. For five years. And you've you've come to Olympus four or five times? Yeah, that's right. It's the fourth time. No. What's something people need to make sure to do when they come to Turkey? And, and specifically for those two spots? Uh, well, not just stay at those two spots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. See the rest of the country. It's mm-hmm. such a diverse country. Every corner has something unique mm-hmm. like um, the north is super green mm-hmm. even though it's, it's green here as well but imagine the north mm-hmm. it's raining there all the time oh man it's, it's so green here I can't even imagine yeah do you know they say like the, the blue eye jeans that started at the Black Sea region mm-hmm. so it's like raining there all the time no kidding in the Black, Black Sea region yeah, yeah a yeah. lot and so it's super grayish mm-hmm. so eyes starting kind of uh, mutating into mm-hmm. a lighter color so they could get get in more light. Did you know that? No, 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 no. It's crazy. That's huh? my first time hearing that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's what I read. It's really interesting. But then the south is like um, super hot, mm-hmm. like, especially in the summer. It's like uh, unbearable. So whenever I'm there, my, my parents are from the south, mm-hmm. from Adana, we go straight to the beach. Yes, and go hang there. Yeah. You seemed, uh, you seemed very... Obviously, I only met you in Olympus, but when we were on the beach, you seemed in your element. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Well spotted. Do you just like, you passed out and we're just like, it looks yeah. like you woke up from the best rest of your life. Yeah, man. It was perfect. It was a perfect power nap. <laughs> I'm a big power napper. Yes. I love it. Um, for, yeah. for Olympus in general, because uh, this, this episode will probably be specifically about Olympus. Um, when should people come here and... What's one thing they should do specifically in Olympus? Uh, discover the ruins mm-hmm. and like the, the beach side. It's, it's just insane. Listen mm-hmm. to the pebbles when they are being, how do you call that? Yeah. Being pushed by the waves. <laughs> it is, you were and right, uh, it's like an insane a, sound. Yeah, it's crazy. Have a, have a hike uh, through the ruins. Mm-hmm. Just, Eat at Bytom's Hostel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you were hyping really, this up man. and you were not wrong. It was, it was no. damn good. I've been telling my friends too all the time before we came here. I, I kept talking about how good the food was. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. funny that people don't assume, you know, because you think about staying in hotels or guest houses, you think like, oh, the food's just going to be bland. But like, if you stay at a hostel, it's yeah. going to be typically, hopefully, a local there. 
Yep. And a lot of the times they cook the local dish just as good, if not better, yeah. than anyone. Well, my parents are from the south region like this, mm -hmm. but six hours drive away mm -hmm. from the coast. But uh, yeah, it's similar type of food, kind of. That's great. That's why it's so recognizable when you eat it. Back at home. Yeah, man. Lisa is a journalist from Austria. Her work has taken her to places like Iraq, Iran, and Kazakhstan. To give you some context, right before our interview, she'd been eating a bunch of berries from our hostel, so her hands were completely red when she walked in. It is blood. <laughs> you, Wait, just, you just strangled someone in there and now you're, yeah. now you're oh, here. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was, I, I ate some berries. <laughs> Are you used to being interviewed? Usually you do the interviews, right? I've never been interviewed. No way. No. Can you explain your experience as a journalist and why it has taken you to jails or prisons in different countries? Um, actually, I was just once in prison. It wasn't really prison. It was custody on the airport. So, mm -hmm. But um, I, they brought me there so that was a really small room. And the first 10 hours, they didn't tell me why I was in there. 10 hours? Ten hours, yeah. Uh, without water. I mean, it it maybe sounds worse than it was actually because after a while I was like, okay, nothing is going to happen because I didn't do anything. Right. And I, I was still at the airport, so it wasn't that bad. But uh, yeah, they kept me there because they thought I'm I would be suspicious as I had some stems from Kurdistan mm -hmm. because I traveled to the Kurdish region of region of Iraq and they usually don't let anyone in so it is well known and they they thought that I would have um, no accreditation mm -hmm. and that was was the case actually so I didn't declare myself as a journalist. Right. And they were able to research and find out that yeah, you sure, were... Yeah, sure, of course. Yes. It's very obvious if you have, like, I don't know, a passport full of stamps from that region. Yes. You usually work for an NGO or you're a journalist. When you, when you travel for work and when you travel for pleasure, what's the difference as far as the people that you're interacting with and meeting? I think if you travel for pleasure, there's no pressure. Mm -hmm. When I was traveling for work, I knew that I had to sell my article. So mm -hmm. there was way more pressure and I took my work anywhere I went. So even though I was drinking a beer at night, mm -hmm. um, I thought of what I could write. I was working at night too, which was fine. But also the, the interaction was different with the people because... Um, you approach them and always have in mind that maybe they give you some other information. Sure. So it's kind of uh, commercialized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you're going with the intention of you want something yeah. from someone if you're interviewing them, yes. right? Yes. Are there things that you do when you're traveling for work? Like you said, at the end of the night, you'd have a beer still. Are there things like that that you do that still reminded you that you were traveling? Yeah, of course. I mean, I I am traveling and working. Originally, I want to do that because I love to travel and I was looking for a job where I can travel. So actually, I mean, sitting on a bus, for instance, or just moving somewhere, it gives me the feeling of freedom. And mm -hmm. 
I cannot separate it traveling and work. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's traveling for work and working for traveling. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What's uh What's one place in the world that being a journalist has brought you to that you would never have gone to otherwise? <sighs> Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan. I mean, I wouldn't say never because you never know, but mm -hmm. it was so different um, than anything else I have ever seen and very sad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. The, quite a bit of culture shock, yeah. Yeah, it was more, more of a culture shock than in Iran or in other countries of the Middle East, for instance. Besides um, going and having a passion for getting a story and, and spreading, you know, spreading information to people, uh, what makes you travel? It's a good question. <laughs> it's the feeling that I had in my journeys when I was a kid. And first of all, I was always very curious, I think. So I I wanted to see spots that no one else could see. So the, the typical tourist thought, actually. But it was true. I always looked at the globe, right? And then I was asking myself, oh my God, what are the people are, what are the people doing in Burundi? Mm -hmm. mm, and so I was curious, but also when I started traveling, and as a kid with my parents, it was the best time of the year. It sounds very easy and banal, but mm -hmm. um, so I think that stayed somehow in my head. Mark and Eunice are friends and co-workers from Brest, a town in northwest France. These guys live in the same city, work in the same office, and literally sit next to each other at work. They see each other every day, and they still love traveling together. Actually, where's Mark? I feel like you and Mark should be interviewed at the same time. Okay. Can you shout to him? Mark! Mark! In French or in English? Uh, preferably in English. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you guys work together, you literally sit next to each other at work, and you still take two-week trips together all the time. Uh, how many trips have you been on together? Four? Five? It's so for fourth trip, yeah. Which countries have you been to? Uh, we've been in Iran, uh, Senegal, Laos, and, um, and then this year, Turkey. Which has been your favorite one for each of you? Senegal. Yes. The countries, uh, they speak French, mm -hmm. so you can share with everybody in countryside, city, everywhere. And it's quite wild. Mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of uh, nice uh, moments with people and really nice trip. Mm -hmm. What will you take away from, uh, from your entire Turkey trip? Is there anything uh, from Turkish culture, from the people you've met... Uh, from the food, anything like that, that you'll you'll go back to France and, and remember or think about a lot? Uh, for me, I think it would be the diversity of people. Mm -hmm. We talked about this before, like, we have a chance to visit a school because Mark knows someone who make, uh, who make us visit Istanbul for one day. So we, we join him in his school because he's a teacher. And uh, we saw um, a, a show made by the little students, mm -hmm. by the children. 
and the first was so different. You can see that there is so many culture. The yeah. diversity between the kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. As two friends who've traveled with each other for you know five different countries at least, uh, and who do this often, what's your advice uh, for for spending this much time with with a good friend when you travel? The thing is trying to un understand your person in a during a trip you always have time once one of the two are a little bit tired or sad so maybe get angry a little bit easier easier mm -hmm. so yeah you have to be you have to be patient and understand that someone you are good and the other one is otherwise mm -hmm. and the reverse so be patient and and take it easy because because you are on holidays, yeah. so you have to <laughs> you enjoy it, that's all, yeah. 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 Perfect. And try to enjoy the present moment. The person who ties my trip in Istanbul to Olympus is Charlene. Charlene is an awesome person from the south of France who casually dropped that she was a sommelier because her family owns a winery and a vineyard. And I always talk up my guests and the people I meet because I always have the people on the podcast who I really enjoyed being around. But I will say that Charlene is one of the most positive and uplifting people I've ever been around. She's so funny and she loves laughing and therefore I love talking to her. After the trip, I called her just to check in and hear some of her thoughts on travel. Bonjour, comment ça va? Hello, how are you? <laughs> Hello. Because I did a lot of these interviews with Mark and Eunice, can you explain uh, how you met them and, and where you met them? Okay. Um, I just arrived in the, um, in the Oslo and I, uh, I was alone <laughs> and I was sad to be alone. <laughs> so I, I met a little smile to say, hey, hello, <laughs> I'm here. Do you, can, can you see me? And uh, Younes um, answered to me, uh, hey, hey, I'm not alone. <laughs> but it was okay. <laughs> and uh, just after I understood that uh, they was French. So it was really easy to, uh, to, talk, to talk because my English is not perfect. So sometimes it's, um, it's something easy when I can meet French people. We had a really, really good connection. Uh, so we decided to to stay together in the rest of our stay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because if I wouldn't have met you, I never would have met Eunice or Mark or Halil or anyone else that I met through this yeah. trip. And it's the type of people who are willing to do what you did, like say hello and, and go up and actually start the conversation. And this is sometimes a hard question, but... Do you have any advice to people for, you know, when they travel and when they travel alone, especially how to meet people and kind of how to break the ice and uh, start these conversations with new people? <laughs> Just to smile, to smile and to be open. I, for me, it's, it is something really simple mm -hmm. and I'm sure, I'm pretty sure it's because I smile. I look people in the eyes and when you look people in, in the eyes, that uh, means that you are open to meet them. I think this is the most important. What makes you travel? Why do you travel? So um, I travel to be out of my comfort zone 
and uh, in a different environments because uh, you are not the same when you are in your own environment, in your country, in your city, in your life of uh, every day. Uh, than uh, when you are uh, in a foreign uh, country. And uh, for me, it's something that, that allows you to improve yourself and to know you better. Oh, I would love to eat some fries. Some what? French fries. Uh. But not French. Fries. Yeah, Yeah, it's very classy. <laughs> 